0: Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number two, The Machinery of the Looking Glass, part one. Truth above all, and at all costs. In upcoming episodes, I would like to explore my path from atheist to Christian with you. How was it possible for an atheist who knew the Christian world from the inside found it inadequate and superstitious, and abandoned not just Christianity, but theism itself, to return to a life-altering commitment to Christ. I hope that an examination of the machinery of the looking-glass, my path back to Christ, will reveal some important lessons about life, learning, God, and the world we inhabit. As the 1980s were drawing to a close, I was finishing Bible college. My mother was an evangelical Christian whose thoughts and practices had profound implications in my thinking. My father had fought in World War II and was at Pearl Harbor when it was attacked. He was not, so far as I could tell, a believer in God, though we attended church as a family. In many ways, my childhood then oscillated between two poles the practical, ethical, and humanistic, rational agnosticism of my father, and the compassionate and passionate Christian faith of my mother. At a very young age, I gave my heart to Christ, Through though my intellect, my father's legacy, always sounded a skeptical note. As an undergraduate, I pursued a pastoral ministry track in Bible college, and I threw myself into my Christian faith with zeal. The greater my zeal, however, the more inexorably my skepticism began to assert itself. Something was wrong with me, or with Christianity, and it wasn't a matter of experience, but of reason. Why did I believe? I realized that my religious practice had become an attempt to convince myself of God's existence and presence in my life. And That the attempt was failing. A nerd at heart, I'd always been fascinated by science and by rational explanation. Did my Christian faith make sense in light of all I knew? I began to study philosophy very intensely. By the time I left Bible college, I was well on my way to agnosticism. My ruling principle became truth above all and at all costs. If there was a God, then he would be proven out by the facts, and I would find sufficient reason for theism. And if not, then I would no longer delude myself. Truth would now, and henceforth, become my central obsession. My life's task would be to seek truth and follow it wherever it would take me, no matter where that might be. If I could not find sufficient reason to believe in God, then my faith in God must go. Truth, logic, and honesty would henceforth rule my life. Not many churches, however, are interested in a pastoral candidate who is agnostic. My four years of preparation for ministry were dashed by a rational crisis. By turning my life upside down, My crisis of faith devastated my wife, family, and friends, and forcibly altered my professional trajectory. What does a theology graduate who no longer believes in God do? Unrepentant in my newfound zeal for truth, I chose a course of graduate study in philosophy. By the time 2019 rolled around, I had been an atheist for nearly a quarter century. I had explored the rational and evidentiary landscape surrounding faith in God and atheism. My conclusion had been settled for many years. Reason for belief in God was neither more nor less compelling than reason against belief. That is, rationality and evidence could only carry me as far as agnosticism. I respected many Christian thinkers both historical and contemporary, and I had learned a great deal from them, but I could no longer share their basic faith commitments. Although I could not claim to know that there is no God, the conclusion seemed to me the more likely way to fit the pieces together, to approximate the truth I was seeking. People like Christopher Hitchens, fair-minded, honest, and bold thinkers, had won the day for me over the theistic apologists who seemed too eager to force reality into preconceived molds. Agnosticism seemed a coward's stance to me. To straddle contradictory positions, refusing to take a stand was not merely indecision, but weakness. In this, I was deeply influenced by C.S. Lewis's pictures in The Magician's Nephew, of a wood between the worlds, and the Hall of Mere Christianity, from which one chooses a specific faith tradition. In both instances we stand in a neutral space, from which no advancement can be made. It is a sleepy place, a place of ambivalence, of irresolution, of inaction, a place in which we should not remain. The purpose here is to choose as carefully as one can. But staying neutral, remaining in place, is more blameworthy than making a poor choice, as it is only by taking some definite stance that one can move forward, make corrections, grow and succeed, or fail and change. Two quotes from Mere Christianity are relevant here. First, When you have reached your own room, be kind to those who have chosen different doors and to those who are still in the hall. Second, when a young man who has been going to church in a routine way honestly realizes that he does not believe in Christianity and stops going, provided he does it for honesty's sake and not just to annoy his parents, the Spirit of Christ is probably nearer to him then than it ever was before. These two quotes seemed right to me, and they still do. Agnosticism was stasis, stagnation. It was to care more about comfort than truth. I chose atheism in mid-90s graduate school because theism seemed no longer viable to me. Been there, done that. And because I was rationally agnostic. Atheism gave me a well-defined place in the matrix of opinion in a living world, a place I could reside and explore. Having now stood, though, in two worlds and consciously chosen between them, I was also keenly aware of Lewis's notion of toleration for alternative choices for those who had chosen other doors. This newfound objectivity, I found, was rare on all sides. Looking back on that graduate school decision, I also understand now that I was adopting the position of Ruth to her mother-in-law, marrying myself to the academic world. Quote, Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. The academy became my faith community, at least for a time, and atheism my faith commitment. What I gained as a graduate student in philosophy at the University of California was one of the most stimulating intellectual environments conceivable. My insatiable appetite for understanding was fed endlessly in my search for truth i read everything and every one i could eventually i thought i would know everything i needed to know and my newfound faith would be fully justified certainly the academic hubris was heady i had discovered finally the path to the certainty of knowledge the truth i was seeking ultimately what I found in academia was not a broad-minded, consistent and tolerant search for truth, but rather an arrogant orthodoxy. What I wanted from the academy was an objective, nonpartisan commitment to truth at all costs, to my re- ruling principle. I wanted rigor and uncompromising standards. What I discovered was parochialism, self-delusion orthodoxy, and self-righteous intolerance masquerading as tolerance. Academic standards, too, were declining at an alarming rate, and not just in higher education, but at all levels. Such issues have only become worse in the years since. I was a square peg in a round hole, and I felt it profoundly. Although I was only vaguely aware at the time, My soul had become a battleground in a vast war of ideas, a battleground between the philosophical giants Immanuel Kant and Hegel. Postmodern thinking was becoming hegemonic, pervasive, and its Hegelian foundations were crystallizing in my understanding. As I looked around me, it became clear that my own dissatisfaction with the academy, my inability to join in its corporate worship, came from my rejection of its founder, G.W.F. Hegel. It will be a long path before I can fairly unpack this claim, but if you will bear with me, I promise to fulfill it. Having abandoned one faith community in favor of another, I found that I fit in neither. As an atheist, I would forever be an outsider to the Church. By the end of my graduate years, unable to accept the narrow minded intolerance of the academic community, its self deception and arrogance, its nearly wholesale abandonment of truth in favor of other commitments, I became a consciously unaffiliated agent, in friendly but critical opposition to all parties. My fundamental principle truth above all and at all costs had once again isolated me from my desire for community, as I approached that critical moment before the looking-glass in July of 2019. Its application had already cost me my whole life, once, as by abandoning my faith in God I had turned my back on those I loved, those to whom my life mattered most, and who had invested themselves in me. I had thrown away four years of academic preparation for ministry and the prospects of employment that attached to them. I willingly threw my life into chaos in order to follow my principle wherever it might lead. I could allow myself comfort in neither faith tradition available to me, the church, or academia. As I learned from Socrates, if you want to know what someone truly believes, watch what they do, rather than listen to what they say. I had followed my principle at great personal cost. The proof was in the pudding, so to speak. I saw no way out of my atheism consistent with my principle. But I felt the sacrifice I'd made keenly, and for many years, in my own life and in the lives of all others surrounding me. As we shall see, though, A commitment to truth at all costs is a two-edged sword. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be Christian.